Well, amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much to Evan, to my brother Tommy, uh, who was here, and uh, just so grateful, man, to, for you guys and using your gift, man, for the Lord. And so, what's up, BCM family? Those of you who are out there, I can see your faces, and uh, thank you so much for carving out some time to spend uh, together like this with your BCM family. And if I haven't had a chance to introduce myself to you. This is your first time. Allow me to introduce myself to you and just say, my name is Jay. I had the privilege of uh, man leading and serving uh, the college students who are part of this family that we call BCM. And you only have to visit here one time to be a part of, of this, this family. And we don't want to just uh, act like we're family. We want to become family. And even as a family in this season, you've heard me say this before, we have declared that COVID cannot kill the mission of God here on the planet, here on this campus, and right here within this ministry. And uh, I, uh, as I was sitting um, behind the camera and worshiping along uh, with you, uh, there's some truth that came to mind from Scripture that says, man, do not despise, it says in Scripture, these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And I believe in this season right here in this ministry that we call BCM, God is building something new. I hope you're, you're journaling. I think we have yet to see what God is getting ready to do in the days and months ahead. And uh, I think it's going to be special. I think the best is yet to come. And a lot of times before God can do an incredible work, man, through us, he must first do a work in us. And I think it's strategic that we are here in this series today. Tonight is uh, week four of our series we've been calling Don't Waste Your 20s. And we've said, hey, listen, what happens at this time in your life, in your college years, it seriously does have an impact, man, in the next decade and more to come in your life. So we've been tackling some areas that maybe you may be uh, tempted, man, to, to really to waste, that God may really want to do a deep work in right now. And if this is your first week jumping into this series, let me tell you, uh, there's been some topics that we've been tackling that have not been for necessarily the faint of heart within this collection uh, of series and collections of just conversations and we are real people who also struggle with real things, and not only now in this season, uh, but moving ahead, we want this to be a safe ministry, man, where you can come into this space knowing that you can not only bring the best of yourself, but even at times, even your exhausted self, uh, your, your weary self, maybe your discouraged self, maybe even areas in your life where there are strongholds and addiction and recognizing that there is a Jesus, we believe, who was able, man, to... Uh, heal, to restore, to redeem some of those areas of your life. And I know even folks who are in this room and those even watching right now uh, online through live stream and folks who even listen to this podcast later on, there's not everybody is going through a great time that's here tonight. And one of my prayers is that God would use his word man, to meet you right where you are, whether you are in this room right now, whether you're watching uh, over Zoom, or whether you're listening to this podcast later on, God will use his word to meet you where you are and also, man, to set you free. One of the, the uh, reasons I love being able to work with just college students and, and hang with you is because, man, we can have some real conversations. 
And tonight, we're going to have a real uh, conversation. It uh, is another message that I would say is rated M for the mature. And so, as I'm looking around, looking on the screen, I think we got, we got all adults here. And so, tonight, we're going to step into the deep end of the pool, and we're talking about a, a, a silent but deadly killer, pornography. So, bit welcome to our first-time guests. You, to, you told us a good night to come. So we're getting ready to, to, to tackle, man, this, this topic here tonight. I want to open tonight, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, would you open them real quick to Proverbs 28, verse 13. It'll be on the screen, and here's what it says real quick. It's going to set us up in our conversation tonight. It says this, whoever conceals, that's he or she who lives with secret sins, whoever conceals, Scripture says, their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Keep that verse on the screen. It says this, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. This is out of the NIV. But the one who confesses, the one who tells on themselves, the one who says the same thing about their sin as God says about their sin and renounces them finds mercy. I love how Evan a little bit ago, he led us out and he sang a song talking about his mercy is more. Praise the Lord. Tonight, man, we have the opportunity um, as we dive into this topic, maybe to move to a place of confession in our life. Being open, of being transparent, of finding mercy and real healing and freedom in God tonight. It's no secret that porn has become mainstream entertainment in our society today. In fact, let's deal with some, some stats about pornography real quick. Anybody like statistics? Uh, there's some of you, you just, you love stats. Well, tonight, this, uh, we got a couple of, of some stats for you concerning pornography for you tonight. It, some of them are going to be on the screen. And here's one of the things here is that porn sites receive more regular traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined each month, according to Huffington Post. 35% of all internet downloads are porn-related. 34% of internet users have been exposed to unwanted porn via ad, pop-up ads, etc. People who admit to having extramarital affairs were over 300% more likely to admit consuming porn than those who never had an affair, according to a 2004 study in Social Science Quarterly. At least 30% of all data transferred across the internet is porn-related. The most common female role stated in porn titles is that women in their 20s portraying teenagers. Recorded child sexual exploitation, known as child porn, is one of the fastest-growing online business, businesses, according to statistics. 624,000-plus child porn traders have been discovered online in the U.S. Are you feeling a little bit heavy yet? We're not finished. Don't worry. There will be some hope that will come later on. Between 2005 and 2009, child porn was hosted on servers located in all 50 states. 64% of younger, young people ages 13 to 24 actively seek out pornography weekly, or more often. Keep that right there for a minute. 64% of young adults, of young people 
ages 13 to 24, that includes people who are listening and watching tonight, actively seek out pornography weekly or more often. If that statistic is true, then that probably includes some of us who are here tonight. Teenage girls and young women are significantly more likely to actively seek out porn than women 25 years and above. Let that sink in just for a moment. Many times when we tackle the topic of pornography, we think that this is just a male issue, but it also has an impact on females as well. A study of 14 to 19-year-olds found that females who consume pornographic videos were at least significantly greater likelihood of being victims of sexual harassment or sexual assault. I got one more stat for you, and you're like, good, let's get, let's get on past this. A 2015 meta-analysis of 22 studies from seven countries found that internationally, the consumption of pornography, pornography was significantly associated with increases in verbal and physical aggression among males and females alike. Some of you are thinking, man, I shouldn't have come to BCM tonight. <laughs> like this, this is some heavy stuff. I think I mentioned to you last week that here within this ministry, we don't want to shy away, man, from having some real honest conversations about these things. But not just talking about it, but asking God, man, to give us some direction, help us to navigate through this, set us free. Porn numbs you and me, and in the excitement, you continue to participate in it until it leaves you seriously wounded and bleeding emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and mentally, potentially even leading to death. Listen to scripture where it says in James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, it'll be on the screen, it says this, the Bible says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when it is full grown, it gives birth to death. What does your spiritual enemy and Jay Sanders' spiritual enemy man want to do? He wants to do a number of things, but one of the things he really wants to do to you and I, and I don't care how long you've been plugged in, man, to the BCM, I don't care, man, if you say, but, man, I've been a Christian all of my life, good, good for you. What's true for all of us, whether you are here tonight and you would say, man, I'm not a Christ follower, or whether you are a Christ follower, he wants to entice us. Your spiritual enemy, my spiritual enemy, man, he wants to entice you and me. And the Greek word for entice is this word right here, deliazo. It means to entrap, to allure, to entice, to hook. Deliazo, to entrap, to allure, to entice, to hook. Your spiritual enemy and my spiritual enemy wants to hook you into something that will lead to your destruction. But we got to talk about how in the world does this play out in stages? I believe there are four stages of becoming hooked specifically to pornography. This may not necessarily be an exhaustive list, so extend grace. But here are a couple of things that uh, you can write down. The first stage, I believe, is this. Stage number one is 
you are exposed and I could be exposed to sexual impurity at some point in our life. Sexual impurity. You and I are exposed to sexual impurity. Every single one of you at some point, because you and I live in this broken, sin-filled world, will be exposed to impurity. And I'm not quite sure how it's going to play out for you or how it already has played out for you. But at some point, if it hasn't already, all of us will be exposed to some type of sexual impurity. Maybe you are a little kid playing doctor with your friend. Your friend says, I will show you mine if you will show me yours, and you're exposed to something that is impure. Maybe you're at home alone, and you come across dad's X-rated materials. Maybe you're in your teens in the backseat of a car at a church camp when everyone else is in their cabins and someone pushes you to do something sexually. Maybe, and unfortunately, this is true for a lot of people, for way too many of us, someone hurts you. You are a kid. They molest you. They do something to you. At that moment, you are exposed to sexual impurity. Listen to me. Look at me. If that's you and you're listening to me right now, I'm so sorry. I really am. And I know how painful that can be because I've experienced it myself. It's not because someone has told me about it. I know how painful that can be. Memories of this can bring you back potentially to some painful experiences in your life. After you've gone through stage one of being exposed to sexual impurity, then you are on your way to the next phase, and that is stage two. You sustain mental injury. You sustain mental injury and spiritual and emotional and otherwise, maybe even physical, you sustain a mental injury like like a computer virus damages the brains of the computer. Like the fouls that are corrupted all of a sudden and doesn't function properly. Listen to me. As you get to know me, and there's some folks who are even here when they do know me, I always want to be real with you. And I remember in sixth grade for myself when I was at home alone, my family were gone, my siblings were gone, and I remember this is when, like, when you use VCR, you didn't stream anything. <laughs> and I remember innocently, man, seeing a, a blank uh, VCR there, video set that was there, and putting this, this tape into the VCR, not knowing what it was. And the images that I saw, it was pornography, caused a mental injury for me. It, it uh, injured the, the purity of God's plan in my life and in my mind for a long time. And some of you who are listening to me right now, maybe it wasn't that sixth grade for you, but it was at some point, maybe even recently, and it has such a tight grip on you. And I know exactly how that is because I've been there before. 
Stage one is you are exposed to impurity. Stage two, you sustain mental injury. And here's what happens in stage three. You become sexually confused. In sixth grade, I enjoy looking at all these pictures. Uh, there was a rush. There was a hit. There was a, a thrill. And at the same exact moment, there was shame and guilt and this feeling of, of being dirty for me. And at the same time, still wanting to look, but knowing that I shouldn't. Maybe it's a, it was a lot like what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever been there before? If so, raise your hand. If you're like, Jay, I've been there before. Can you relate? Can somebody out there besides uh, me relate with Paul, okay, when he says this, listen, he says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. Raise your hand if you've been there before. You're like, I can relate with you, Paul. I've been there before. I see your hands. And then he says this. He says, who can save me? Who can save me? What a wretched man I am, he says. A lot of us will experience seasons when we get to this place, maybe even of self-hatred. You may even say something like this, well, I'm bad and I shouldn't do this, followed by a season of justification. You may say or, or think this thought here, hey, I'm single and this is better than what I could be doing, and this is just how I cope, you know? I mean, come on, Jay. It's better than sleeping around. This is, a, this is much better, right? Looking at porn. First, you have sexual impurity. And then there's a mental injury, and then there's sexual confusion. And then in stage four, you experience periods of sexual sobriety followed by sexual vengeance. Here's what happens. You go a week without doing anything sexually impure, or a month, or six months. You feel pretty good. Even when it comes, man, to, to worshiping, man, you're like, man, I'm good. Man, me and God, man, we're tight, we're intimate. And then what happens? One day you mess up. You dive back in. Then you repeat this cycle over and over and over again, and you have a mental injury that needs to be healed. I want you to know tonight, God is a healer. God is able to heal wounds, and it may take time for God to heal. You may say, man, but Jay, I can relate, man. I, I am that person man, that has a mental injury from, man, looking at pornography. I mentioned to you earlier that I was in sixth grade when my mind was injured. And, man, I don't know about you. If you have not protected that injury, it may become more infected looking at something, doing something, thinking about something, participating potentially in something. And the injury has become infected and it has not healed. A different way to look at the battle for purity is this. We've got to protect the wound. We've got to protect the injury so that God, man, he can heal it. And three thoughts on how we're going to, we could do that. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first one is this. I would say this to you very practically. 
bounce your eyes. Bounce your eyes. You may be thinking, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Listen to what scripture says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28 to 29. It says this, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. My ladies, you, my sisters out there, listen, you aren't, uh, you, you aren't excusing this. You're like, man, that's, that's the guy. So no, I would say in his or her heart. And then he goes on to say in verse 29, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. Ouch. Now listen, listen carefully. I don't want you to walk away from this message and say, all right, what did I get out of this, out of this tonight? I need to just, you know, gouge my eyes out. That's, that's, that's what I heard tonight. No, 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 no. Was Jesus being serious? About gouging your eyes out? I hope not. I think what he is saying here is this, is that this is serious business. This is serious business, and our eyes drift towards sexual, our eyes drift towards sexually pleasing things, but hopefully over time with the power of God, spiritual discipline, you can bounce your eyes. Job 31 verse 1, he says this, I made a covenant with my eyes not to. To look lustfully at a girl. If you're going to protect the wound by bouncing the eyes, then secondly, would you write this down? Capture sinful thoughts. Capture sinful thoughts. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 5, it says this: we take captive every thought. Every thought, somebody please type every thought in the chat box, please. Somebody, somebody, please. Every thought, not just some of them, Scripture says, listen, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Pretty amazing. You ever been to an airport before? And for some of us, it's been a long time with COVID around since we've been to an airport, but no plane leaves the tarmac or lands without someone from the control tower saying, you can go or you can land. I would say to you and to myself tonight, to those of us who are Christ followers, we had the ability, man, through the spirit of God, when thoughts began to land in our minds and in our hearts to say, that thought has got to keep flying. Or that thought, it's okay to land. We had the power to the Spirit of God inside of us to make each thought obey Christ, to capture and replace a thought. You may have to stop what you're doing and call a friend. You may have to pick up your Bible and renew your mind with Scripture. You may have to leave your house and go for a walk. I love what Paul says in Philippians 4 8. This is probably not an unfamiliar verse to many of us who are here tonight. And that is this whatever is true or noble or right or pure or lovely or admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We are protecting the wound by bouncing our eyes, by capturing our sinful thoughts. And the third thing is we have to do we have to do is this whenever sexual temptation comes around. You know what you got to do? You got to be like Forrest Gump. You got to run for your life. Run for your life. Somebody say run in the room. Somebody say run. Somebody, anybody, run. Somebody in the chat box say run, 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 run. 
In fact, in fact, for those of you who are, if you're in the room or if you're just watching uh, 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 do Zoom tonight, turn to your neighbor. Your neighbor could be in the chat box. If you're physically in the room, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, run. Say, run, run, run. Run for your life. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 8, Solomon is talking about the adulterous woman, and he said this. He says, keep to a path far from her. Maybe for you ladies, I would say to you, keep a path maybe far from him. Do not go near the door of her house, Proverbs 5, 8 says. In 1 Corinthians 6, 18, what does the first word say? It says this, flee. Flee from sexual immorality. Uh, the Greek word for flee is payugo. It means to, to run away, to shun, to vanish, to escape, run. Run, Forrest, run. Get up out of there. So how do you run? Here's a couple of practical things I would say this. Destroy your stash. Whatever it is. May be. You're like, I don't have any magazines. Everything I got, it's right here on my device. Some of you out there, you need to take the radical step and say, you know what? I am going to get rid of my smartphone and get a dumb phone. Because this smart device is destroying me. The next thing I would say is, is this. You may say, this is so silly. But here you are, ensure accountability when traveling. This coming, this coming Monday evening, I'm going to be traveling uh, to Orlando for, for a conference. And on Monday evening, I'm going to be staying in a hotel. And my wife, she's staying back at home because we have a four-year-old. She's staying back at home. And you know what? I got some folks who are coming with me who are going to come with me to Orlando to hang out with me. We're going to have a great time together. And uh, I hope that God does a great work in our, in our life while we are there. But I also had those folks coming also for accountability for myself. It's important, my, my, my people, my brothers and my sisters, listen, that you ensure accountability when you're traveling. Uh, protect, man, your internet usage. Uh, for me, I have covenanted eyes. There are other great tools, man, that are, that are out there. But uh, Covenant Eyes, it sends a report every single week on a Sunday morning, to be exact. I have it set that way. On Sunday morning, it sends, okay, a report to you know who? Josephina Sanders. And you know what? Only she knows what the password is. I can't uninstall it. Every week, man, she gets a report of everything that Jay Sanders has looked at on Sunday morning. Right before church starts, here comes the report. You know why I have that? Because I don't trust myself. And I've been walking with God for a little bit of time now. And I still don't trust myself. And I'm not quite sure you should trust yourself either. To protect your internet usage. Avoid all dangerous places. You know where you shouldn't be at. 
You know there's certain places you shouldn't go to? You know there's certain places maybe you can, you, you can go to, but there's a time where you need to get up out of there. You know. And as you protect the wound in your brain from further injury and infection, I believe that God will heal your mind. Listen to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says this, do not conform. Some Bible version says this. It'll say, don't copy any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform. Don't copy. It's so funny. Aria, who's four years old, she's funny, man. Sometimes she'll see my wife and I, we'll be laughing, and she has no clue what we're laughing at. But she will just start copying it. She'll go, <laughs> And I'm like, Aria, do you know why we're laughing? No. She just copied. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you and I, we copy the wrong thing. Do not copy, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are not changed by conforming in your own strength. Jay Sanders is not changed by conforming in my own strength. You and I are, by, are changed, we're transformed by the power of God. It's only found in the gospel. So what do we do? Confess to God for forgiveness. Confess to God for forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9 says, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, plural, and to cleanse you and Jay Sanders, who is a scrub, from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad that it doesn't just say some unrighteousness? I'm glad it says May he is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, not only confess to God for forgiveness, but I would also say this, confess to people for healing. Do you hear me? Confess to God for forgiveness. Some of you are just one forgiveness, man, one, one step away from and, uh, experiencing freedom in your life, and it's by asking God for forgiveness, specifically in this area of your life of impurity. And confess to people for healing. Tonight, I want to challenge every single one of you who are here. Now, I'm not going to beg you. We're not going to force you. We're not going to make you. But I am going to challenge you that when we finish up tonight, that you take that next step and jump into one of our breakout groups. And tonight specifically, because of the nature of uh, the topic, of the subject that we're talking about tonight, we're going to split those groups up by male and female. And you know what? Tonight, some of you, you may need to just be honest and say, you know what? Man, if I want to move forward, I need to confess to God and ask for forgiveness tonight. Stop trying to be the spiritual hero. Even if you're like, but I'm a family group leader. No one could ever know. I'm one of the leaders within the ministry. No one could ever, man, know that I struggle with this. God already knows, and we already know we're all scrubs. So just be honest. And tonight, you may also have the opportunity, I would challenge you as well, man, even to confess to people. For healing. James 1.5 talks about that. Can I say this to you? Listen to me carefully. You cannot heal yourself. You cannot heal yourself, and healing is generally not instant, especially when it comes to an injury in the mind. You protect your mind so that God can transform it. Another Greek word is this, metamorpho, which means to, to transform to change, it is the same word we get metamorphosed from. 
And God has the ability, man, to transform you and me, to change us from the inside out. So what do we need to do again? You need to confess. Confession is good for the soul. Could be bad for the reputation. When someone confesses, it is a great indicator of someone who wants to be healed. Confess to who? You say, Jay, so I just confess this to anybody? No, 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 no. That would not be my counsel to you. I would say confess to a trusted friend. Specifically to someone who has a relationship with Christ. And, listen to me, who is free from sin. Have you known of people who are like, man, I'm in an accountability group. I'm in an accountability group. But what good does it do, does it do if you're in an accountability group of girls and guys and you're struggling specifically within this area and every single person is struggling with pornography and not one person is free? That's probably not going to help you. So confess to someone specifically who loves you, who cares for you, who's also have found victory in this area. That maybe for some of you is to, you need to talk to a family group leader. Maybe it's a pastor, a mentor, a discipler. Certainly, we have folks who are here within this ministry. Maybe, some, maybe it's an intern. Now you say, how in the world? I don't know anybody. I'm new here. You even just DM us on our, our social media. Like, I'd love to just talk to somebody. We'll connect you to somebody because we care. We want you to see freedom. If you're a lady, we'll connect you to one of our godly ladies who are here within this ministry. If you're a young man, we will connect you with the godly man, man, who will love to come alongside you and encourage you and to pray with you. Uh, myself, man, I would love, if I can be, man, of any encouragement to you, let me know. So let's end again with the key verse for tonight. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Listen to me tonight. I want to end with this last statement. God can heal what we reveal, not what we conceal. God can heal what we reveal, not what we conceal. Whoever conceals does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. My prayer coming into tonight, I don't believe God's going to do some, some old ordinary thing. I believe that God is using his word to impact many of us right where you are. Maybe even for some who's going to be listening to this podcast later on. God has the power, man, to be able to set you and I free from this, this addiction, this monster, this silent killer. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15 says this, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Can I ask you a question? Is God speaking to you tonight? Can I get you some good news? There is never a hole that is too deep where Jesus cannot reach you and get you out of. You say, Jay, I am so terrible. That is me, man. Listen, I am, man, in this, this stronghold right now. I am addicted to pornography. Aren't you grateful for Jesus? 
Aren't you grateful that, man, that Jesus, he came, man, to the planet 2,000 years ago, according to Scripture, 100% man, 100% God, without sin. And he went to the cross. In fact, he carried a cross 650 yards up to Calvary's mountain. And on that cross, he was pierced with nails in his hands and in his feet. And a crown of thorns were placed on his head. Can you see him there? Can you see him there, man? Man, with blood coming down, streaming down his body. He wasn't even recognizable to those who knew Jesus. He was beaten so bad and he came man to die for you and for me to die man for man, our sin addiction for our pornography he died according to scripture man he was placed in a tomb but the good thing is is that it was a borrowed tomb and anything that is borrowed it must be given back and according to scripture three stinking days later jesus got up out of the grave with all power in his hands no wonder in the scripture says who the son sets free is free indeed because he got up from the grave he's able to resurrect some of the darkest areas man in our life but we must be willing to first of all take that step and say god i surrender my life over to you Listen to me tonight, specifically to those of you who are here tonight, and you say, you know what, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, but I am struggling with this area, this topic, man, of pornography. There is no way you'll be able to get over it by yourself. You would never be able to, man, have enough strong will or your own, man, power, nothing. No self-help book is going to be able to do this. It is only Jesus. And because Jesus overcame, man, the grave, and he paid our sin debt in full, he has made a way for you and I to be able to step into a relationship with them. Can somebody say amen? That is the gospel. Jesus, he is able to help us, man, to overcome. And he will never force himself on you or me, but we have to be willing to say, I'm willing to surrender myself over to him. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. I'm going to ask Evan if he would come back up. We have not done this yet this, this uh, semester, but earlier today, it wasn't even the plan until I walked in. I felt like the Spirit of God just uh, impressed on my heart to say, hey, tonight, before we wrap up and go into our groups, one of the songs that we sang earlier was how his mercy is more. His mercy is more. And I think, man, especially after such a raw and heavy topic, it's good to be reminded of that fact that God's mercy is more. He is for you. He loves you. Before we begin to sing that, would you bow your head and close your eyes? Right where you are. Father, I would ask, by your power, for those who are trapped to this addiction of pornography, you set us free. Heads bowed, all eyes closed. We bow our heads out of reverence for God. We close our eyes out of respect for each other. You are reflecting on the message tonight. God speaking to you tonight. How many of you say with your head bowed and your eyes closed, Jay, in some way, God has been speaking to me tonight? That's you. Would you just raise your hand? 
real quickly say, Jay, God's been speaking to me right there, even in your dorm room, in your apartment, wherever you may be. You can say, God's been speaking to me in some way tonight. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, yes. Even if you're in a room with me tonight, you can just raise your hand and say, yes, God's been speaking to me, speaking to me tonight. Put your head bowed and your eyes closed. We'll be finished here in just a moment. I'm going to ask some broad questions that I want you to think about. Are you trapped in constant struggle with pornography and masturbation? How about impure thoughts? How about fantasies? Maybe it's thinking about somebody you work with or go to school with or even church with. You're like Paul when he said, I keep doing what I don't want to do. God can set you free. Are you struggling with sexual impurity? Hey, young man, under the sound of my voice, are you struggling with sexual impurity? Hey, my sister, are you struggling with sexual impurity? Maybe it's because somebody did something to you a long time ago and you've been, you've been struggling with your purity ever since then. That's you here. It's just step number one, many more that will follow, but let's take step one together. Would you be willing to admit and say, I have been injured. I've got some impurity. I want to guard my mind, and I want to ask God to bring healing. If that's you tonight. Nobody has to know your whole story. Nobody's going to embarrass you, but if that's you tonight, would you just say, Jay, that's me. Would you just raise your hand and say, Jay, that's me. God's speaking to me in some way, and there's an area in my life and in my heart where I need prayer. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, Jay, I need prayer. Pray for me, man. I need God to set me free. I'm tired of being trapped to this thing. Thanks for being honest. Maybe for some of you, you're like, that's me, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. How do I do that? The first step is admitting to God that you are a sinner. The next step is believing that what Christ did on the cross when he was pierced in his hands and his feet and when he died, when he was placed in the tomb, when he resurrected from the grave, that he did it because he loved you. Next thing is his calling on him. We call it prayer. The Bible says that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, tonight, if you want to be saved, you believe Christ, he went to the, went to the cross for you. He resurrected from the grave for you. Right where you are in the silence of your heart, would you say, dear God, I admit I'm a sinner. Thank you, Jesus for paying my penalty for sin. Please forgive me and make me a part of your family. That's you tonight. There's going to be a number on the screen later on, and I just want to encourage you. Would you just text us and let us know that I prayed, or you can even uh, go to our, our DM on our USF uh, BCM account and just say, hey, I trust in Christ tonight. We love to celebrate with you. You can even share with someone in your small group tonight. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for meeting us right where we are tonight. Thank you that your mercy, it truly is 
It's more. It is stronger. It is bigger. It is wider. Any of the sin debt we've committed. I'm so grateful that you are in the business still of extending your grace and your mercy to us. You are still in the business of changing lives through the miracle of salvation. Make us whole. Would you heal us in the days ahead? Because of what we've heard from your word today. In Jesus' name we do pray. Everyone said amen, amen. And I would say to you, if I can be of help, be an encouragement to you in any way, feel free to, you can email me at imjsanders at gmail.com. You're like, I don't like to use email, and Jay, I would much rather just hit you up on social media. You can DM me as well. Same thing, I am Jay Sanders. I would love to know how I can pray with you, and also how God might be, how he's spoken to you tonight. And in a few moments, you're going to have that chance to be able to talk about, hey, how's God speaking to me tonight? How has he spoken to me? And also, what are you going to do about it? Before then, Evan, would you lead us and remind us that 